How do you make business problems disappear? Wrap them in bacon. For business owners, marketing execs, and anyone trying to grow your business, pump your profits, and make more while doing less, welcome to Bacon Wrapped Business with Brad Costanzo. Sizzling hot business advice guaranteed to make you fat. Profits? Every week our chefs will serve you proven recipes for ramping up your revenue. Now here's your host, Brad Costanzo. All right, welcome back to Bacon Wrapped Business. This is your host, Brad Costanzo, and this is my platform to talk to some incredible people, business owners, marketing experts, and thought leaders about what is really working in their business today. I like to think of this as your opportunity to eavesdrop on conversations that I'm having with people that I would want to have, whether I was recording this or not. So you can be sure that I'm going to ask questions that I want to know the answers to. And oftentimes I hear back from listeners such as yourself that, man, you ask the exact question that I wanted you to ask. And that's because um, I'm doing this for my benefit as well as yours. And I appreciate every one of you listening. By the way, if this is your first time tuning in because you saw the topic, you thought this sounded interesting and you're not subscribed yet to the show, go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you're listening on iTunes. And if at any point you want to reach out to me, ask me any questions uh, or make any suggestions, don't hesitate to send an email to askbrad at baconwrappedbusiness.com. That includes if you want to potentially get some of my thoughts, second opinion on your business strategy and marketing advice. I'm happy to see if there's an opportunity to help you. So today's episode should be a fun one because I've got Daryl Eves on the line. He's one of the world's top YouTube and online video marketing experts. He's helped generate billions with a B of views on YouTube. And some of his top clients have included Red Bull, NBC, ABC, Adobe Software, and many more household names. His areas of expertise include generating and converting traffic into revenue, social media management, search engine optimization, and consulting successful creators in the online video world. He was also an executive producer on several viral video campaigns, many of which you've probably seen, including the Squatty Potty's Ice Cream Pooping Unicorn ad, which did win the ad of the year at the 2015 Webbies. If you have not seen that, I will put a link in the show notes. It is a remarkable viral video. Now, we were introduced via a mutual friend named Rob Burns, and I was excited to have him on the show because a few of the other YouTube and video marketing episodes we did were very big hits. So this should be no different. So without any further ado, Daryl, welcome to Bacon Wrapped Business. It's great to have you. It's great to be on. Awesome, man. So as I just mentioned, uh, several of these episodes have been really big hits where I just talked about uh, YouTube and video marketing specifically. And you know, things have changed since I've been in the game you know, 10 years ago, just the rise of video marketing from YouTube to Facebook to everywhere you go now. Video is really just overtaking things and um you've been uh you've been in the video marketing game for how long well i stumbled upon this little website called youtube back in 2005 is november 2005 and um kind of been a great journey since then you know and so it's it's been really interesting because uh that first year when when uh, youtube actually started they started in may but realistically they launched uh, about september yeah so i was kind of an early adopter there it's funny i remember i was i was working in a corporate job i was in a cubicle at the time i think back around that same time and i remember we had we always had the tv on cnbc i was in the financial services field and i remember a story came on about like i think it was two guys who created this thing called youtube and i mean it was like the very first Thing I'd ever seen. It was just a news story about them. It's kind of funny to see. Yeah, there's actually three guys, but one guy got the shaft. Isn't that usually oh, the case? <laughs> that hurts. That definitely hurts. But he got paid out though. When they when Google bought him the the, the next year for like 1.3 billion, he got he got a third of, of the the profits there. So. Did it only take a year to get to for Google to buy them? It was crazy. It's like you know Google was trying their own platform at the time. You know, just Google Video, and mm-hmm. it just it just it was bad. It was a horrible user experience. Um, <laughs> And uh, it didn't take them long to see the writing on the wall. And they actually purchased it the following um, – it was, I think, about October 2006. Oh, wow. Wow, yeah, man. How time flies. So have you been have you been um, kind of both feet in on YouTube since – Yeah, like, like 
my my background was you know in '99 started my, my my company and we did a lot of search engine optimization back in that day it was called spam but <laughs> you know, trying to get our websites to be found uh, on the most amazing search engines like Alta Vista and Ask Jeeves and Yahoo you know stuff like that and then Google came along and I think it kind of changed a few things uh, for us and. Uh, you know, we were able to kind of predict where, where it was going and kind of the direction that they were doing. And we always try to stay a couple, you know, couple months ahead of Mac cuts or a couple years ahead of Mac cuts, you know, of the, the adjustments that they'd make. And when we stumbled, like when I stumbled upon this website, uh, YouTube, and I really always had a fascination with video, um, what we were, what we were seeing that first year, 2006, is that a lot of those videos are ranking very easily on the front page of Google. And at the end of 2006, when YouTube actually was purchased by by Google, it became super easy to be the number one spot on the front page. And so right then and there, I made a very big decision. Uh, it was called a huge pivot for my company because we went and sold off every one of our uh, SEO uh, clients that we had doing marketing. And we focused just on uh, video creation, getting videos placed, and lead generation off of that. Um, you know, and that that first year, uh, 2006 to 2007, we we ranked 865 videos on the front page nice. of, of Google through YouTube, and uh, we we learned a lot. We learned a lot how people interact with video content and what they're wanting, and some triggers that would uh, you know cause them to do things. You know, and so it was really interesting to see. Um, but since that point, yeah, all in, and we've pivoted several times after that. It's just. I think the biggest thing is the the industry is so vast and there's a lot to understand, but each of the principles that you learn can apply to something a little bit bigger and greater, uh, and and that's kind of where we, you know, where we're at today. Nice. So, so of the area of YouTube, especially marketing, um, in this, I mean, it's so vast and wide, right? There's the people who are just online content creators, they're doing stuff out of their hobbies and their passions and they're becoming YouTube influencers, which is not what I want to talk about as much here. That's kind of interesting, but I don't think it's as much of where myself, my audience is looking to go. But it's more of the pro, you know, the the companies, the both, both companies who sell a, you know, a product and a service where the the product or the service is the, is the, um, Thing. But then there's also the whole area of personal branding and people who are trying to use YouTube to build up thought leadership and right. uh, and awareness, etc. Those are the two kind of areas that are the most interesting to me. And I know that it, it it feels as though sometimes if you're not if you're not you know sharing videos of your cat or falling down and <laughs> breaking something, right? They, like you're just you're always just or sharing your video game exploits that you're always got like a little micro <laughs> community on there. Right. But I would love to know a handful of the things that um, came to my mind as opposed to asking you these linearly. I'll just kind of throw out a couple of the big questions. Yeah, which go is, for it. You know, what? Are, what is some of the biggest either untapped opportunity out there right now for both business owners and personal brands to capitalize on? What are some things that people you know should be doing but shouldn't? Are there any trends or new developments coming up that, you know, that people should really um, – be paying attention to and what types of content you know what types of content especially with those people in mind are working the best and maybe lastly um for somebody who's starting off right they've got some good video production skills they got some ideas but the idea of standing down at base camp of mount everest looking up going oh man this is just going to take me forever to create um, an engaged channel, et cetera. What are some of the things they can do to kind of get that ball moving so that they're not so intimidated from just starting and getting that momentum? Yeah, Brad, those are all great questions. And I think I want to start a little bit different, but cool. it's going to answer those questions uh, appropriately. I think the first thing is, is everyone should have a video strategy regardless of what they're doing. And they can look at, hey, how can we actually use video, video marketing, video uh, to to connect with our our audience, our clients, our potential clients, our potential audience, right, and give them exactly what they're they're needing. And so, let me give you a good example um, of this of how it can actually save 
uh, business owners a lot of money too uh, by very simple things because what changed the society now is not YouTube, it's not anything like that, but it's the device connected to the internet that gets us access to anything that we need. And looking at it from that perspective, that there are different types of people wanting different types of information now. Mm -hmm. And we have a thing, and, and this is more uh, Google's kind of their little terminology, but talking about, <clears throat> you know, micro moments that people really want uh, to do things right now. And the audience that's consuming video and making purchases and getting engaged in that is really a different type of audience than it was five years ago because of the mobile device, because of the internet and how connected we are um, and how we engage. And so this this company, uh, it was a truck trucking company. Um, they had 500 employees and they're like, we, you know, we really need should do something on YouTube. And they basically called me and says, hey, we want to, you know, get a consult. We went in and had some ideas for them. And, and what ended up is we actually saved them $2.1 million because of a video strategy. Hmm. And it was simple as this. They had an HR department, and their biggest issue that they had was getting people trained and up to date on the latest policies and procedures of the company and that they were all in line. And the first thing I said is, look, you get one person with a video camera and you get one expert with a, you know, that's the, that, that's mic'd up and let's go through this, you know? And so they were able to make a series of videos that they were able to do on intake of new employees because they actually have attrition in, you know, that company. There's a lot of new drivers and a lot of drivers leaving for other opportunities. So it would take them through the process of being orientated, uh, going through the policies and procedures and so on and so forth. And at the end of the day, they didn't even know what to do with the extra time that they had. And it's like everyone that was driving truck, they had an iPad, you know, they were connected. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so it's just getting the right information to the right people. And it was, uh, it was, it saves so much resources for that company. They were able to apply it to other things uh, and make more money just basically off of something that really only took them about 22 days to create. And just using it internally. And using it internally. And so my thing is, is don't always look at YouTube as the thing that you want to do. Look at video because video is a way to engage now uh, better than any bef you know, ever before. And it's so accessible. Uh, you know, bandwidth is cheap. And, you know, you can put it on places that people can get access to, private access or limited access or full access, you know, public access. And it's just like, what is my audience? Where can I actually uh, utilize it? So don't necessarily pigeonhole yourself in and saying, hey, this is the only way that we're going to use it. We want it to have it grow. But two, it's just like that is for internal. Well, there's another one where, you know, you might want to connect with your, your current clients, that your current clients have uh, questions. You know, and there's a lot of phone calls that are being made. And the biggest thing, the biggest thing that we need to be careful of in this day and age is our reputation online. And it's so easy to to really get you know plastered um, by a bad reputation by not communicating properly with our current people that actually purchase. Um, you know, a product or a service and they're not able to get the information that's there. So doing a channel that's really geared towards those common questions that people would have and having an interactive session of getting people engaged with your product service uh, or whatever it may be and, and answering those questions and making it more of a community, then you're able to first off uh, resolve a lot, of, a lot of issues that people would have and naturally they'd be looking for it um, before they'd actually call into tech support, you know, or whatever it may be. Yeah. Uh, they're looking for it online. That's just the human nature. Uh, number two, it's like you're providing for them some value that they actually have a voice that they can actually communicate some issues that you might not be aware of uh, in a different forum where you're not as defensive or whatever and people can discuss it and give you great ideas. And I've seen a lot of companies put this in place and it not only increased their sales because what they did is they actually created this active following of people that were just adamant about it. And so when they'd have questions, it wasn't tech support sending them this stuff. It was people that were connected in this community. And then lastly, it's like looking at, okay, how do we actually get a new audience? How do we actually get uh, new people, you know, um, that we're being aware of and, and, and going from there? And I like from my approach is, you know, 
Um, I did the SEO game for years, and I really got sick of you know whenever Matt Cutts just decided to change his mind on things that you know that we would adjust and lose. And so, I, like for me, there's a couple ways to do it very naturally. Number one, paid to play. Like you can get the right message in the right, in front of the right people at the right time. And if your message is right, it can convert. So, for example, Squatty Potty, you mentioned that. Um, their company was doing about $2 million a year. They were on Shark Tank, and they plateaued. And they knew that they needed to do something else from there. So we actually, uh, you know, the Harmon brothers and I were uh, involved with this, uh, this ad that was going on with a pooping unicorn. And in, in one year, they had $45 million in sales. $45 million. And why was that? It's because they had a strategy of getting the right video in front of the right people at the right time, and they were pulling out their credit cards to purchase. And two, they were creating this organic swell of getting people to, to, to see it. So we had a lot of earn views and you know a lot of interactions sharing uh, online as well. So you, the, I think the big thing by, by this, Brad, is look at the opportunities, look at who your audience, intended audience is. Uh, don't always look for, um, you know, potential clients or, you know, um, uh, you know, potential audience. Sometimes you need to start with your current audience, your current clients right now and kind of branch out from there. Uh, and then two, <clears throat> you mentioned where, where's things going? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been preaching this for the longest time, uh, for the last four years is, uh, I, I believe everything's going, uh, down this path where it's social and live. And everything's kind of uh, mingling together. But there will always be a place for longer form evergreen content. That means if somebody wants to learn how to do something, uh, that there's generated traffic, you know, because YouTube is the number two uh, biggest search engine in the world. And I think it will overtake Google at, at one time just because the way people consume and learn, yeah. uh, uh, you know, through watching it on video and, and such. Um, but two, that social and and online video uh, component coming together is really just paving the way for what I believe is down the pipeline. And people think this is, ah, this will never be adopted. But I totally disagree with it just because of the R&D budget that Facebook has, the R&D budget that YouTube has uh, for this and other companies that are out there, which is uh, AR and VR. (laughs) So augmented reality and and virtual reality is literally where we're going and we're going to get there. How long it's going to take for adoption and for equipment to come down? Well, it's getting pretty oppressive. I just watched uh, an Apple announcement of their new computer that's coming out and using oh, the, the Mac Pro. Oh yeah, it was just amazing. But you know, th- this technology is here already. But what I loved about it was that people are literally now programming and designing in VR, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, and getting it so that hey, you know, what? I travel quite a bit. If I don't have to travel quite a bit and be in the same room as somebody in Poland or wherever I'm supposed to be, that would be nice because I like my family. I, I want to be around them and. You know, I want to choose when I travel and not have to feel like I need to be, you know, to every little place, you know, from there. But I think this is the direction where it's going. Um, and there is some hurdles to get over. Um, but that's kind of where it's going. And so to like what I would do in, in any case is, you know, start now with some type of strategy and just try to build an audience. Because uh, that second pivot in video that we, we did was we sold off all our, our lead generation um, uh, clients that we had, and we went all in on audience development. Because truly, the power is in the audience that you can grow organically and then also with a paid strategy. Because uh, that audience, if you can resonate with them, will engage at, at a level uh, that you can't do off of just a, a cold video uh, that people, you know, searching or typing in through through uh, Google or YouTube. That's true. You know? And so that's kind of I, I don't know if I answered all those questions. No, you did. Yeah, you did. And you brought up a couple other new ones. So going circling back to where you said social and live. Right. So I, I totally get the live stuff, especially with. Um, I know I've done a lot of Facebook Live. Some of my clients have been doing Facebook Live videos. Not yeah. as many of the YouTube Live. I'm familiar with it. I've kind of watched. I haven't really done so many. Um, is that first question then? Is that still um, is that is that hot right now as well? I, I feel it yeah. is. And then when you mentioned the social aspect, that's such a broad term. Can you kind of 
clarify what you mean by yeah, social? Yeah, to online? kind of define what that is. Mm-hmm. Well, um, yes. So YouTube actually introduced live back in 2013. Mm-hmm. They did a horrible job with it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean a horrible job. Um, and you know they they had it for they had uh, a lot of. Um, you know, years ahead of anyone else, they were able to do some great things and they made some decisions, but they didn't put a lot of research and design in it. And really it was just, Hey, we got this. This is kind of one of those things that are, we're offering for our creators, but they really didn't put any time into it after that. And and then out of nowhere, um, not really out of nowhere, (laughs) but Facebook came along, uh, with the, the, uh, live video and, you know, we had Periscope and a few other things like that before, but it's just like Facebook is a great way for this to happen. Now the social component to live is instead of just recording something and putting it out live that you're interacting socially on the video. So you are answering questions that people have comments in. You're engaging with them on a level that people want to connect with. So one of the big things that if you release a video on YouTube that is not a live video, people will, will come in and they'll say first on the first comment. Yeah, right? I've seen that. And, and, and people will say, hey, you know, we're part of the notification squad. They want that recognition. And when you can engage with them live, that literally that literally sets them off to a level of um, you know really being a part of something bigger than just themselves and they're so a part. You mean, yeah, you, you mean going in there, engage with them live, like go in there and, actual, and, and reply to their comments, right? <laughs> like this was a live interview, yeah. I, you know, and we were going online and doing this live. And if someone commented, I'd say, oh yeah, no, Austin just mentioned this, yeah. you know, and had that question. That's the type of engagement that people do. There's some sense of euphoria that happens to the person that says, oh, my gosh, they just answered my question, you know, or I was just in this thing. And then they go out and share it with everybody and so on and so forth. But I think it's going to get to the point where, you know, that uh, live is completely accessible. Uh, The way that we communicate with, uh, you know, big audiences are going to be really easy uh, to do and and really give people which the viewer is looking for is a more authentic view of your reality so whether whether that's at a concert whether that's q and a's you know um, after some presentation or you know engaging with someone or even just a recital you know at, mm-hmm. at someone's uh, dance you know dance recital whatever it may be you know that's actually happening and people can engage with it live now uh, my daughter just graduated high school and she live streamed her walking through and getting her diploma nice. <laughs> and and that was the coolest view ever. I mean, we were there at the event, but we were actually watching it, <sighs> uh, you know, as she was doing it. We had a totally different perspective than we did from, you know, up in the bleacher view, right? We had this more intimate, personal view of her interacting, getting her diploma, and that excitement that was there. Right. And so that's that's what people are craving for, and especially the millennial and younger generation and you can have you can put late gen x in this as well and you know it's something that they, they crave for and they'll engage with um on, on a little bit higher level and they'll have a higher level of tolerance for this as well they won't you know they won't get so happy to bounce off and go to something else as long as there's that social connection now are you on the live video aspect are you are you seeing or recommending either one um that more so like on Facebook or other platforms versus YouTube? Um, 100% on Facebook more yeah, than YouTube. That's what I thought. Uh, absolutely. I th- the, YouTube has its, its live features. I encourage live features, um, especially for audience development as a way to connect. Mm-hmm. That's super easy. Um, but the shareability aspect is so much easier to on people fa- just yeah. hit that share button more than they hit the like button. Right. And are yeah. you – not to interrupt here, but along that line, do you ever recommend strategies like, okay, so Facebook videos, you want to share more of your snackable content and your your um, maybe the live ones and YouTube, should should that be typically a little bit more produced and thought out? Or do you no, no, out? I don't. No, I don't. I think any video platform, like any video uh, method could live anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's just what does the audience want and how are they going to find it? Yeah. So 
Facebook, the the decay rate on your video being found after seven days is next to impossible, the way that they have it set up. Absolutely. But on YouTube, you can find it for I, – I mean, I can find content very easily that was done, you know, in 2005, 2006. Uh-huh. You know, and it's there. It's still there. And so look at YouTube as the evergreen strategy um, of, you know, having your, your, your content being found, uh, you know, for, for years to come. But when you're looking at Facebook, the way that they have the platform set up, and they're, they're, they're trying to overcome some hurdles uh, to make it more um, searchable. But there's so much going on with Facebook, they're going to have a difficult time doing it. Yeah. Um, but, but two, uh, you know, that, you know, instant connection is what I look at with Facebook. And then the long term connection, I look at, you know, uh, other platforms like YouTube. Okay. Are there any things when people are just really starting off? Maybe they've got you know they've got a social following, they've got some momentum. Not so much on YouTube, but they're looking to get that going. Are there any ways to kind of help turbocharge their momentum? Absolutely. Now, the biggest thing is to understand that YouTube has an algorithm, mm-hmm. and it's a predictive algorithm to try to help people. Uh, really get promoted. Now, the difference, be- the reason why I love YouTube so much versus Facebook, Facebook, you have to pay to play. Mm-hmm. You build an audience, you pay to build an audience, and to get your post reach out there, you have to pay them again. Get that. I mean, that's just the way it is. Um, and and the the reality of it, I don't see that changing because of their their uh, relationship with content creators and also uh, advertisers. Um, and you don't make, I mean, you can make money, but it's not uh, through, you know, sharing with, with ad revenue or anything like that. Now, YouTube, on the other hand, they will promote the heck out of anyone um, that is doing the right things for them. And what I mean by that is, just to give you an example, I've helped start 13 different channels from zero to get over a million subscribers. And uh, those 13 were all in different verticals. And what's crazy about it is the the mechanics is always the same. And there's certain elements that you need. And those things, once you have it in place right now, it can really catapult. So like, to give you an example, uh, we started a channel um, literally in the end of March. And we now have almost 170,000 subscribers on that channel just because we know what we're doing. Wow, nice. Yeah, just because the audi- we know the audience so well. And so we'll be at a million subscribers guaranteed by November. Are you uh, just are you at liberty to share what channel that absolutely is? Absolutely not. Okay, <laughs> just making sure. <laughs> I'll share this. Like we own channels and we know our niche and nice. uh, we make a lot of money off of that. So So what are some can you share some of the some of the things that help yeah, you? No, that's yeah. that's what I wanted to do is like literally share what what they're looking for. Nice. So in it, the algorithm is real, and um, it's 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 not like any other platform. It will benefit you as long as uh, you're doing some very consistent things. The first thing that I always say is it's it's really tough to to get your uh, your voice down, um, and so a lot of these other things you can do before you can get your voice down. But it is going to be at the end of the day your content. Is your content going to resonate with your audience? But the the biggest thing is consistency consistency of uploads so if they really want to if they really want to do it they should upload daily um, that might be overwhelming for some and so you don't necessarily have to do it you just won't grow as fast um, there's just some triggers and if you do it these things consistently for 100 days you will grow you will grow at a fast rate um, but it, it, it's really understanding and then it, you have to look at the elements that where I would put my attention and time but it's the consistency of upload which is uploading frequently daily uh, would be preferred to to get to where you need to be. Number two would be um, the consistency of time, so that you're doing it at the right time of when you're releasing. Um, and so, to give you an example, like if we were, if you, if this show right here was um, something that we would be doing on on YouTube, I would be releasing it right around four um, Eastern time, four a.m. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because you'll get commuters that are actually consuming the content as they're going to work. And it'll start in the East Coast. and Well, actually, it started in the UK, but then get to the East Coast and kind of transfer all the way over to Pacific. 
and it's just hitting the people at the right time. And then ultimately, you know, people want to look globally, but you shouldn't do that. Um, you should always look at having one core country as the one that you're trying to optimize for, and then your global views will come as well. But like for me, you know, the bulk of the, the audience is in the United States and Canada, so that's what I actually um, go after. Um, so you have the consistency of frequently, frequently uploading and then consistency of your upload time. The next thing would be really getting it so that you're providing people what they're wanting. And so depending on the style of channel that you're doing, if it's how to, you know, really finding out how to do the things that you, you know, people would do, don't draw the videos out, but you know, there's no time limit. If you can have an interesting video for 30 minutes, then do a 30 minute video. Um, yeah, people if, ask me all the time on that. How long should my video be? It's like exactly how long can you be interesting two, for? Two minutes. Don't dry it out. Just yeah. do it two minutes. And at the same time, don't truncate it and make it too short. Exactly. Just because you think that attention spans are short, they're only right. short in you know lack of quality content. But but those two things are are basically what YouTube's looking for. And then yeah, the, of course there's some you know other factors that will trigger. But that right there, just uploading and going from there, it literally sets YouTube off to says, hey, the, these people are serious. Let's start promoting them. And as you actually have a video that takes off, that's how your channel grows. Is as an individual takes uh, individual video takes off. So where will so where YouTube I promote you? In time is not perfecting your content. Um, you're going to do that along the way, and you're getting pretty dang good at it as you you know put out more content. But I would spend the time on the thumbnail and the title. I would make a clickable thumbnail and a clickable title that will engage. So let me give you an example for this, Brad. Okay. Before we did Squatty Potty, we tested 126 different titles wow. to see which we converted the highest. We tested, uh, you know, I don't, I can't even remember. It's 40, 40 plus uh, different thumbnails to see which one converted the highest. And we found the ones that converted the highest. And it was a lot higher than what we anticipated what that needed to be. And so between the titles and the thumbnails, you know, that's where I'd spend the most of the time. Now, don't do clickbait. It, it needs to be clickable. So it would be more making sure that it's whatever you're saying is relevant to, you know, the content that you're actually uh, putting out there. And then the next thing would be is getting your hook. That's the five to seven seconds uh, on YouTube. It's five to seven seconds um, of really pulling someone into it, uh, whether it's a highlight of something that happens really cool in the video or it's something that you just engages them a little bit quicker. If it's a how-to video, it's really simple. You're probably wondering how to do this. Well, in this video, I'm going to show you how to do that. You know, And so it's really simple to just hook them into watching your content. Now, on Facebook... Mind you, you have to do that without sound, and it's only three seconds. Mm -hmm. So keeping that hook, and this is the formula you can use pretty much on anything. Um, but after that, it's just your content and then your call to engagement and then your call to action. The call to engagement is have people engage. Like on the beginning of this podcast, you're like, hey, if you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and uh, you know hit that subscribe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, that, that's a call to engage. You're engaging with them there or getting them to comment or whatever it may be. And then the CTA, your call to action can be whatever that one thing that you're looking for. Don't do multiple calls to action. Just do one thing. Yep. People need to be told what you're wanting to do. So, okay. So what going back to like, I'm looking at right now, I just typed in squatty potty under, um, on YouTube. And this is the one with 31 million views. Um, the, this unicorn changed the way I poop hashtag squatty potty. So is that, and is that one, because obviously some there's been a several other so uploads. Is that the one? one? We have other ads going. So that's our organic video yep. um, on YouTube. If you go to, on to Facebook, you'll see it's over 100 million oh, uh, on Facebook. So that was really the bulk of our sure. attention. That's where all the sharing really, really happens. Yeah, absolutely. We had like 1.7 million uh, shares plus the tagging was another 3 million that people were tagging each other in the in the commenting. But uh, But yes, that would be the one that we actually spent some time on. Um, and the title, absolutely. You know, that was, uh, there was four of us that was, uh, really coming up with the ideas of what would work. That was my first title, by the way. <laughs> that's was really? winner. So Yeah. A lot of times that happens, but that's great. Now, yeah. do you, um, do you suggest putting the, uh, like on the thumbnails, uh, as opposed to just leaving it a, um, 
a, a picture. I guess this kind of depends on what it is versus having actual title card on the thumbnail. Are, you're not, you're not talking title card. You're talking about just having text on it. Yeah, sorry, text on the thumbnail. Yeah, it, you know it really depends on what you're doing, yeah. and if you can draw them in, I think the biggest thing is can you tell the story without words. Mm-hmm. That makes a good thumbnail. That makes sense. So the other things that you were saying to do, you know, the consistency, the uh, the frequency, and the um, thumbnail title. I mean, like you said. YouTube will typically reward you if you're doing that by promoting you. You weren't even talking about having to do a bunch of ninja hacking together optimization, off-site things. I mean, it's just good content consistently and frequently. YouTube yeah, rewards you, right? It's it's like it's really weird, but everybody wants this ninja strategy, right? Mm-hmm. And the reality is is don't do it. It's just like give YouTube what they want, yep. which is consistency. And and literally make content that people will want to watch. Mm-hmm. And if you can improve the content and you keep your consistency, that's when you literally grow on YouTube. Nice. Nice. And then when you say they'll promote you, that would well, that does that mean they'll show well, the up in number the suggested one, the videos? The number one traffic source on YouTube of where all the views come from is suggested video. Right. So when when they're swiping up to watching a video and swiping through um, to what to watch next your video would show up there if they're on mobile or, you know, it'd be on the right-hand side if they're on desktop. But it's mm-hmm. like people are programmed to, to uh, you know, be be there and want to watch different things or they're engaged and they're like, oh, man, this looks really interesting. They're looking at the thumbnail. They're looking at the title. And when they click on it, that's when, you know, if you have that little formula that we just talked about that will engage them and you'll you'll be able to grow. But the, the reality is, is that's how YouTube will promote you. And based on your click-through rate, based on your audience retention, the more you're going to get suggested out of there. And so a uh, good, uh, good YouTuber, if you type in what's inside, uh, it's a, a channel on YouTube. They actually had a series of videos that they were getting ready to do where they cut things open and look to see what's inside, hmm. right? Nice. And what's interesting from it is they got uh, kind of a – um, the, the they thought what would be really interesting a uh, series of videos and they had the number one video that they're thinking about to do was cutting open their silver play buttons now silver play buttons when you get a hundred thousand subscribers and it's a very coveted thing that people want and you can get a gold and a diamond play button just as you get more um, more you know more subscribers and so they decided to do that now before it before that they realized that YouTube uh, really goes off of um, you know your previous upload. So if your pre- previous upload has a lot of momentum, then your next video you release is going to have a lot of momentum too, just based on the algorithm. So they actually cut open a wasp's nest. Oh, showed you what was inside that. And between that video and the and the cutting open the silver play button, they went from a hundred thousand subscribers to a million in just weeks. Really? Yeah. And that's wow. the thing that I'm telling you is. Once YouTube was started saying, hey, this is something that's really hot. Let's promote it everywhere. And anyone could do. They're like, hey, this is a really interesting thumbnail. I always wanted to see what's inside that. Then they actually followed it up with what's inside a a rattlesnake rattle. And (laughs) I'm telling you, that exploded. I think it has like 55 million video views on that one. But it's just – it's crazy. It's just YouTube was promoting that channel so much. I think they're over 5 million now, um, if not more, uh, subscribers. And the amount of views they have is just ridiculous. Yeah, I just I just searched that. What's inside the YouTube silver play button has 16 million views. Yeah, that's nuts. So if you've got a if you've got a a bigger following on other networks like Facebook and Twitter and you know elsewhere, uh, I know like in Facebook, if you really want to share your video, you share a, natively. You upload it to Facebook as opposed to just sharing a YouTube link. However, if you want to give your YouTube video and channel some boost. Does it is it really helpful to get you know, whenever you upload tell your people over on Facebook and elsewhere to go watch it on YouTube? Does that help it inside YouTube? So here's the thing: you put it in a post, and uh, Facebook will suppress that post. Correct. You'll never get the reach that you want. Yeah. However, in a live video, if you say, "Hey guys, I'm just getting ready to launch this video, uh, and we're going to talk about this, this, and this," and it's me on YouTube, uh, just jump over to YouTube, go ahead and do it, and then in the comments. You know, have someone put the link to your YouTube channel. Absolutely, that's a great, great way to do it. Cool. They will suppress it at you know when they oh, yeah. when they 
enough people there. They're going to suppress it. They want to keep people mm-hmm. on their platform. That's how they make money. They don't want people leaving. And so that's a that's a big deal. And same with YouTube. They don't want people to leave on that as well. But that would be the only way that I would actually use Facebook. And I usually say, look, if you have a good email list or you have some type of following, you know, a quick email can get them, you know, uh, to YouTube and grow fairly quickly um, where it would make it uh, make it interesting. Or you could even do, hey, look, you know, this this group, this following likes a specific thing about what I'm talking about. And they would all have a common interest. Like, um, for for example, you know, people want to know about uh, video, and they're, they're learning about video strategies. They're learning about how to, you know, do videos better, like produce them better, and the right equipment. And giving away a video uh, package that would include a drone and maybe a camera as a contest that gets people to subscribe and to watch your content too is a fast way to grow as well and oh, okay. you just have to make sure that you're in youtube's terms of service um and you're just running it legit and you're you're good i like that i like that yeah that's these are all strategies that i you know i know i can definitely utilize that i think my clients can speaking about clients you work you've got a great youtube channel here you work with some big names you probably work with some names who aren't household but uh, tell me more about your consulting business and your you know how you operate yeah yeah it's pretty interesting my youtube channel i started it because i got sick of answering the same questions for my clients <laughs> and so um this even to this day i only spend 20 minutes a week on recording a video and putting it out <laughs> just answering questions for it is and i was able to grow i'm almost at four hundred thousand subscribers nice just by doing it for 20 minutes a week um realistically could i grow it further if i treated myself like a client yeah absolutely but do i want to do that because I make a lot more money doing other things than, you know, you know, answering YouTube questions and right. stuff, right? And so for me, it's about quality of time. Uh, but yes, I uh, I do a lot of consulting. I do a lot of training. I do a lot of speaking, um, and I'll go anywhere in the world um, to speak. Like I've been to Europe like four times in the last eight months. <laughs> wow. You know. At just different conferences and stuff like that. I'm getting ready to speak at VidCon. It's the biggest YouTube conference mm-hmm. in um, doing. I got two sessions there, which is which is good. But uh, for me, I'm I'm at a point where you know I'll I'll, I'll help the smaller creator just as a, a way to give back. And so I have like a forum on my my website that the people if you have just common questions or whatever. But like for the higher end, uh, you know, type of uh, contracts of really going in and setting up a strategy with their team and really going into into depth, um, I'm very selective of who I take because of the amount of time that it actually uh, takes to really get all the components in place. And I'm not opposed to doing it. It's just they it just needs to be the right fit. Right. What well, what is the right fit? What is your ideal? Well, like for me, um, I'm here to like I. I Okay, I'm really weird, Brad. But I don't. I'm not. I'm not fascinated by money by no means. Mm-hmm. I like to earn money. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but it's not the number one driver. Yeah. I love challenges. Okay, and so that's why I got 13 different, um, you know, channels over a million is because the channel of doing it in every single niche on YouTube. I wanted to do that. Nice. So I just spent time find opportunities to do it. So I'm I'm kind of one of those weird guys of, you know, looking for the next challenge. Um, and I think for me, uh, I like to push the envelope uh, to a level that um, that that it's never you know that where it's never been. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Squatty Potty definitely pushed the envelope in a great yeah, way. Absolutely, and that's why I I was a part of that. It's just like, hey, this is a concept. What we're going to do? I mean, think, when we first put out that video. It was, um, you know, everyone in the in the marketing video marketing world says that video is too long, <laughs> and I look to the other executive producer. I'm like, man, they they're off. I go, we're either off or they're off, and he goes, dude, he goes, we're not off. We're we're right on. It, you know, our gut tells us this is this is gold. And when we got the data back before, because we did a little, we we tested out a little bit to see how we optimize the video, yep. which we didn't optimize it at all from our first original one. Uh, just converted quite well because we had ninety two point six percent of the people that started it finished it. Oh wow! And I've never seen numbers like that before. No, you know, uh-uh. it's crazy, crazy. But uh, but yeah, so challenges like that is for sure. Anything that that I'm passionate about, like for me, it's like uh, really making a difference in the world and getting good content. 
I think we live in a in a world that there's a lot of bad content. <laughs> yeah. And, and but at I the mean, same time, it's never been easier to create really good. Con- right. I mean, you can create right. movies. Well, it's like it's like one of my clients is Studio C, so they're like the SNL. But the, you can sit down with your grandma and not be embarrassed. Yeah. You know, it's not like something that's coming out of the, their mouth and your grandma says, oh, dear, what did they just say? You know, it's just clean, family friendly. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, stuff like that to get them to get over a million subscribers was a big deal for me because I think the world needs more of that. You know, I think the world needs more good quality, um, family wholesome, uh, you know, content out there because we, we already have the complete opposite that's just, you know, inundated online. Yeah. Well, now is there a type of is there a type of challenge more specifically you're looking to work with? You never know who might be listening. Not like for me, it's just uh, you know I don't know what I don't know. I yeah. mean, there's some people who do it, and if it just like I'm like, man, that would be fun. Then I can get behind it. You yeah. know, I get uh, it. Ultimately, I'd love to do something in AR VR because I I know that's where it's going to be. Yeah, I love that, and I remember when I first like I guess the very first inkling of that with YouTube was just the whole introduction of the 360 degree videos. You know, was that a couple of years ago yeah. Yeah. where you were able to actually use it and look around and, and whatnot. I remember how like crazy that was and thinking, yeah, if you have a headset on, this becomes virtual reality. Absolutely. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see how quickly that starts to get moved and adopted. I know some other people, uh, some friends of mine who are trying to make waves in that department and it's still so early on, but yeah, I mean, if you can be, Did, you know, it really is early on, but then it's not. Yeah. Um, like uh, there's a, a place in Linden, Utah, of all places, <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, um, that there's a place called the Void. And if you go and, and type in thevoid.com and you see what you're walking into a movie, like we just took my kids. I've been there several times. Okay. Take my kids several times, but we walked in and we were in a scene of the Ghostbusters. And you are literally fighting ghosts, and you can feel things, you can smell things. You're you're like totally immersed, and it's like the coolest experience ever. It's, it's just it's kind of freaky. Headset based. It, it, you wear a headset. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. It's, you you not only have a headset, but you're actually you have your your pack on and you have a, your gun because you got to fight. These, really, that's awesome. These ghosts, and if you don't get rid of them. I mean, yeah, it's a bad thing. But anyway, um, but, you know, watching and being a part of them, you know, taking out the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, <laughs> I mean, that, and then when it, the Marshmallow Man explodes, you can smell marshmallows. Re- oh, <laughs> so they really the, do it all. this little mist of stuff come on. I mean, it's really cool. So, like, for me, after it, my son's like, Dad, can we live here? Because I, yeah, I don't want to leave. And I'm like... <laughs> Well, I mean, just this the other day, I went to Best Buy, and they were letting people try out the Oculus Rift, and uh, yeah. I threw that on, and I was just like, uh, I was like holding my holding my uh, wallet into my pants really hard because I was about to reach out and buy one of those. But that was, um, it's it's fun to see where it's going. Did you have you ever read the book? By the way, just Ready Player One. Ready Player One. <laughs> Absolutely. Dude, Ernest Klein's a good author, but that book is I. I don't know if it's foreshadowing what things are coming, but uh, that's what's yeah. nuts. Is it's not science fiction? I don't think. I mean, I think it is <laughs> is, is about as close to what we're going to experience. I, I like. I could like totally like. You're going to school in virtual. I mean, that's the best type. I the way I look at it, and you can kind of pursue. I just the only thing I didn't understand is them sitting at a desk, you know, in the virtual world. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's kind of weird. But other than that, it's just like. I think well, it's a foreshadowing. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. Yeah, and I, I apparently they're making it a movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, they know. are. I've heard that. I think it's going to come out in about like next spring, like next Memorial Day. We may have to wait a year, but Spielberg's on it, and uh, that should be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Man, well, this has been great. Is there any nuts you're trying to crack right now, whether it's um, like we kind of mentioned clients you're trying to work with, maybe people well, you're trying I mean, to meet, resources? Yeah, like I think the thing for me, Brad, is um, – where we're talking about education, where we're talking about knowledge, and I think this is the biggest thing for me, mm-hmm. is I really believe that knowledge is open source, and um, we should share it as much as we can. And, and ultimately, that's why, even with my busy schedule, that I take time to, to uh, make a video, because mm-hmm. I know it can benefit someone Absolutely, that's there. And for me, uh, going through the educational system the way it's set up here uh, was, was, was horrible. Like, I... 
um, I didn't um, like I wasn't able to grow as fast as I wanted to. And so to give you a little bit of background, um, I got a four year degree in two and a half years because I didn't want to wait. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I want information and I, I, I don't like to be in a box like that just irritates me to be in a box and I have to do certain things a certain way. And so um, I, I think that I, like my perspective is I know I can learn some something from someone uh, in the world and it doesn't matter who they are you just want to be observant and so this education aspect of my life is really really critical I, I try to learn and grow every day and it's part of who I am uh, and, and then two I actually started a conference it's a video marketing conference it's all about knowledge it's all about you know helping people get more out of what they're doing and mm-hmm. we've had some great successes there um, and I don't know if this is kosher or anything. If it's not, just it, it's no no problem. Go but for it. I, I actually have uh, access to the last Vid Summit. It's like 32 hours of just presentations of the very best in the industry. We're talking um, of the top 10 most viral videos of all time. Eight people of them were actually presenting at the the Vid Summit. Really? Uh, and you know, there's a lot of great content. It's like 32 hours worth of content. And I'd, I'd be more than happy to give your listeners to that for free. Absolutely, that'd be a, that's, that's very generous. That's amazing. How, so, uh, whether, yeah, how do you whether, do that? We give you a link that you mm-hmm. can kind of do it that way, or I can give you it over you know the podcast. You just tell me how you want to do it. It doesn't matter. Uh, so. I'll put it in the show notes. Just okay. Tell me when yeah, look at the show notes, guys. It'll look at the show notes. Call to that's a call to action. If I've ever heard one, I like it. <laughs> I like it. Well, man, Daryl, this has been great connecting with you today. You've been a wealth of information. It's always cool to be able to talk to somebody who's playing the game at the highest level and has insights to what's working and not just the you know, the stuff that you see out there, like the, the little hacks that are, you know, they work today and then they don't tomorrow, et cetera. And um, this has been a real pleasure for me, hopefully for my listeners as well. If folks want, besides the link in the show notes, if they want to follow you or more information on you, you want to go ahead and give a website or two? or Yeah, just to go to just anywhere on any social and type in D-E-R-R-A-L, spelled a little bit differently, Eves, E-V-E-S, Daryl Eves. And you'll find me there, you know. And if you want to go to DarylEase.com, that's my website that can take you to wherever. But ultimately, I spend the bulk of my time on Twitter and, and YouTube. Nice. So Fantastic. So all of that will be in the show notes. If you guys as listeners have enjoyed this and gotten a lot out of it, go check out Daryl Watch's uh, YouTube channel. I just pulled it up. That'll be in there. There's just a plethora of really, really good stuff. And if you have any cool challenges for video marketing, you got anything that, I mean, you've heard him for the past hour here talk about the things he likes, uh, feel free to reach out to him. Maybe you never know what uh, my listeners can bring you. For everybody else, I appreciate you listening. And I would love your feedback. Uh, just email me at askbrad at baconwrappedbusiness.com. It's the number one thing you can do. And if there's any topics or questions I didn't cover, shoot me an email. That is my personal email. I read every single one of them and I reply to the ones that uh, I can. But um, I look forward to hearing your feedback on this and sharing the next episode with you. Uh, By the way, the best thing you guys can do to pay me back for this is just share this episode on social media and, you know, to other folks you think will get something out of it. Till next time, Daryl, I really appreciate your time, brother. And I thank you. Look forward to connecting later on.